Hi, everybody, and welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we build our army one card at a time in Battleline Medieval. Next up, we traverse a noir world hoping to tell friend from foe in Mantis Falls. And lastly, we wheel, deal, and camel herd our way to the Maharaja's Court in Jaipur. I'm your host, Celeste Angeles, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hey, guys. And Mike Grenier. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Our first game up this week is Battleline Medieval, designed by Reiner Nesia, published by GMT Games in 2019, number of players 2, ages 12 and up, playtime 30 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows a plate mail bedecked knight charging into battle on his trusty armored steed, striking fear into the hearts of his enemies while flying his frightful battle flag. Inside we find 60 troop cards, 10 tactics cards, 9 battlefield cards, and 2 player aid cards. <laughs> and that's what's in the box. Nice and simple. But before we tell you how we battled through this game... Evan, hack and slash your way through the rules. <laughs> Certainly, my lady. Oh, my Battle. Lady. <laughs> Can you say that? Battleline <laughs> Medieval is a two-player strategy card game built around the theme of medieval warfare. Mm -hmm. Of course it is. To win, you must create powerful formations along your side of the line of battle that are superior to those of your enemy, the other player. There are 60 warrior cards, numbers 1 through 10, with 6 different suits. So, 10 times 6, 60 cards. There are a total of 9 fields of battle that lay out on the table between the players. And the rules are pretty simple. Play a card, resolve any battles, and then draw a card. And you keep doing that. Now, a battle occurs once both <clears throat> players have each placed 3 cards on their side of the same field. The way you score the battle, it's not unlike poker scoring. A straight beats garbage. Flush beats a straight. Three of a kind beats a flush. And a straight flush beats three of a kind. That's the standard method of scoring. But there are also ten unique tactics cards, which will introduce special victory conditions, which supersede the regular means of scoring. And there's an option for more difficult playing, where each of the nine fields each have special conditions for victory, which is cool. The player who wins five of the nine battle flags which is called an envelopment, or wins three adjacent flags, which is called a breakthrough, is the winner, and wins the right to rule the kingdom under, under a reign of tyranny. I mean, prosperity. <laughs> oh, prosperity. Yes. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> Are those mutually exclusive? I don't know. Yeah, well, depends <laughs> no, who you ask. Certainly not, but... Uh, who was victorious? We shall find out. Uh -huh. uh, we played one-on-one, head-to-head. Evan and I did. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did. And and Ed has played many times. Mm -hmm. Battle Line is medieval, is a version of the original game Battle Line. How did this one look? This is a, this is a newer version. It's definitely a newer version. And I think the, the fantasy medieval art looked great. It's definitely not fantasy. It's kind of more... 
don't know. Realistic. Yeah, 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 realistic medieval. More like historical sure. fiction type of art. Yeah, there's no wizards or anything. It's 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 uh you know bowmen and it's you know uh, swordsmen and mm -hmm. um, um yeah, cavalry. They look great. Yeah. And and it looked great. It looked great. It looked like the kind of drawings you used to find in uh, Dragon Magazine back in the day. That sort of yeah, sort okay, of quality and feel to it. I think it does. It it it's very richly painted artwork that is a little bit retro. I'd say like it, it looks like it came from the seventies or eighties in its styling, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it definitely evokes the theme of a medieval battlefield. Mm -hmm. I loved the, my favorite part was actually the banners, the flags, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the corner. I thought they were a really nice way to show suits and mm -hmm. they're very attractive. Mm -hmm. Agree. So the banners were very stylish. Okay. Well, we laid them all out in front of us mm -hmm. and we played for the cards that were in the center. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty exciting. So, uh, when was the, I, but before we get there, I want to know when the original battle line was published. Ed? Uh, it was published in 2000, actually. Whoa. And, I and even that is a build upon of a game, that, a German version of the game now from a year earlier, 1999. Mm -hmm. Wow, so this game idea is 23 years old. Yeah. Basically. I'm almost real, retro, almost I'm classic. I'm getting kind of like a Stratego feel from this, like because you're mm -hmm. kind of choosing what to put against your opponent. And yeah, mm -hmm. right. The numbers are. one through ten give you that Stratego-ish sort of feel for the strength of the of the individual pieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, even though you guys, uh, Evan, you clearly said that it's like like poker hands. You're trying to get a better hand in the form of poker. To me, it had a real rummy feel. Like I'm trying sure. to get groups mm -hmm. of cards and match mm -hmm. them together. Yep, yep to make the strongest set, right? right? So, um, yeah, and only, in this case, the strongest the battlefield. Right, right. Yeah. Only in the sense that, you know, three of a kind would trump a flush, you know? So yeah. in the sense of right. pecking order, the, the, the highest. It's to me, know, that's kind of, it's interesting though. I think a flush is harder, like, because in a regular deck of cards, you only have four suits and it's ranked the same. Three you know, cards right. though. Well, there are right, only three, three cards though. So there's generally, you're mm -hmm. either trying to build runs or three of a kind or... Yeah, but with six suits, though, it's distributed further out than a regular deck of cards. That's all I'm saying. So I feel yeah, like yeah so you, you're, you're much, you will get flushes more often because you're on a string of 10 cards as mm -hmm. opposed to getting three of a kind, of which they're only out of six. So that's why. Yeah. So th that's why the, it's more difficult to get the three than the, than the flush. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and Ed, you know, you have a note here about balancing between starting a new battlefield and developing. Talk a little bit about that because that was a tough choice to yes. make. It's, well, um, you're, when it's your turn, you get a choice to, to lay out a card. You can put that card into another battlefield that you have already. You know, kind of like setting that battlefield. When you put a card out, it's only one card. Mm -hmm. Are you building a three of a kind or are you building a run? Mm -hmm. Or are mm -hmm. you building a straight flush run, which is your best? No, mm -hmm. you're three of a kind in the same suit. Mm. So that's your, the hardest one to, to get. And now, so you're bidding by putting one card out there, you're just kind of like, well, I ha and I had to do a play. But now it's like, mm -hmm. well, if I start opening up new ones, it's great. I start making play, but now I'm lessening those up because those cards are obvious. You can see where those cards yes. are. Maybe now they're not going to be later. 
Yes. Now if I'm laying these cards out and I literally put my cards on the table, Mm -hmm. Evan knows what to do to block me at that point. Uh, Whereas, you know, you're a lot more flexible with that one card. As soon as you commit, Mm -hmm. you are you are really tying up resources yeah. and putting Showing yourself your at hand risk. Or, I, yeah, I, there's I, definitely I, a I lot of power in unrevealed You can only resources. do this and that's it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it is a tough choice. It was a big decision and it is, uh, I mean, that's the name of the game, really making yeah. that decision at the right time. And maybe distracting your opponent a little bit, <laughs> talking <laughs> about something else, you know, sure. bringing up, right, bringing up other things. Yeah, to so try. that's what the meta game. Hey, yeah. did you do that to me? Well, what? It yeah, could also be just as important as knowing when to let a battle go in the sense of like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to waste too many more resources right. on this. I'm going to make that my dumping ground. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, no, that's a lost battle and, and save my card for other battles and the win mm-hmm. you're trying to win the majority of the battles you know five out of the nine so you don't necessarily have to win them all yeah and evan you wanted to talk about pivoting oh you have to especially when the special tactic cards come into play because mm. not only when you're drawing that one card yes you can draw another you know number card but you can also draw one of those special tactic cards which sets up a whole different set of parameters for how any field mm-hmm. will resolve that victory. Or you could play a card that says it's a peace treaty, pick up your cards and you're in that field and basically start over. So a lot of things can happen. You have to, uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You can't plan for the changes, which, mm-hmm. which is what makes it, you know, really, really tough. So anytime those cards come out, it could really mess with your best strategy. You have to have A, B, C, and D in this game, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what Ed said before kind of reminded me of like gerrymandering, you know, where you kind of <laughs> like some of the ones you just got to stuff all the wins into like one one zone here and then take you like let your losses be huge losses mm-hmm. to, you know, to make them waste all their better cards. So Yeah, there's also yeah. a certain strategy in not piling up all your all three of your cards in mm-hmm. one field before your 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 opponent has had a chance to play any. That right. gives them they'll a know big counter, advantage. Yeah. yeah. So they know exactly what they need. So you're, you're, you're in, a, in a sense, you're, I think, trying to match them one for one, trying not to reveal too, mm-hmm. too much. Um, and maybe in a, also in a way discouraging your opponent. Like, okay, I'm going to play a nine. Celeste's going to play a 10 on that same field. All right. Maybe. Okay. Right. I may not be able to achieve this. I may have to back off of this right. field now. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of balancing and a lot of thinking about what your partner is doing. And that was very, it felt very dynamic and engaging while I Mm -hmm. played. You know, it was really like, okay, I need to do this. Oh, but what's he doing? And you're always looking at the other, at the other field, which really does feel like a battle. Mm -hmm. So Reiner Nizia does a great job of making it feel like a dynamic battle. Like you've got to pay attention to what the enemy is doing. Mm -hmm. It's, you cannot stay in your own little world and think you're going to beat this guy. And just being able to figure out when we actually have a battle locked down, and you can claim it if you can prove that your opponent can't win it, and then to claim that battlefield. And what that does is now that battlefield is not a dumping ground for the other player anymore. You can't play card too many. It claimed. Oh, battle it already resolved. Oh. Mm-hmm. And watch the yeah. field you're playing on. Remember, three, if you win three adjacent fields, that's instant victory. Right. As opposed to just getting the majority five out of the nine fields. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful of that, too. Celeste, did you beat me on a three? I can't remember. I think I, you may have. Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
yes, I seem to recall, and we did play a little while ago, mm. uh, getting lucky on some high cards, yeah. you know, some the high point cards yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, just pulling them and, and planning ahead. You know, I really felt I played, I have played a lot of Gin Rummy 500 in my day mm -hmm. and I just mm -hmm. felt like, yeah, okay, I know how to just match and put the field together. It really mm -hmm. did feel like, um, you know, I was doing that kind of thing, just building the field in front of me. You've got these mm -hmm. extra layers though, you know, the theme really does show. It is very, very, very integral to the mm -hmm. the game itself. So it's it's actually a really great spin on a rummy style game. Mm -hmm. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Battleline Medieval. Evan, Battleline Medieval. It's a great head-to-head -head game with the right balance of ease of play and needing your best gaming wits to stave off defeat. Mm -hmm. Those special tactics cards make the game super interesting. I look forward to playing the advanced version next time. Dig it mm -hmm. up. Ed? Easy to play, easy to learn, different strategy to explore, all in a very nicely produced package. So dig it up and line up for battle. <laughs> it is a richly themed, in-depth variant of a card matching game. It is solid. I may never play Gent Rummy again. Dig it up. Wow. <laughs> hey, if you have thoughts on great head-to-head -head card games, let us know. We are at social media, at which game first. We would love to hear from you. Give us a shout. Hey, guys, what is going on with which game first? Monday nights, which game first playing live on the internet, on our Twitch mm -hmm. stream, on YouTube, on Facebook. We invite you to come, come and watch us play and interact with us. Give us your best strategies. I need your help in playing some of these games sometimes. We played one tonight and uh, got some good tips from uh, some of the listeners. Mm -hmm. So that's every Monday night, 8 o'clock East Coast time. We play live. There's also trivia, so it's a game within a game. And like I said, it's just interactive and so much fun. And we look forward to seeing you there. The games that we play live on Monday nights are also games that we review in the podcast. So mm -hmm. as a podcast listener, if you ever later on, you know, you hear us review it and you want to see how it's played, you can always check out what was our live stream as a recording. You can pick it up anytime mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel after we've done it live. So it's a great way to see some visuals on some of the things we're talking about. If you're ever interested, a lot of the games almost it's almost one, at least one of the games that we're uh, talking about in our episode, we have played online mm -hmm. so you can see it. So there's lots to choose from there and they're all games we've reviewed. So definitely check it out. And mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much. As the year comes to a close for us, we are, just about to celebrate the new year. We want to thank everybody who helped us keep the lights on at Which Game First. Mm -hmm. Your support means the world to us, and we deeply appreciate it. If you want to become a patron of this show, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron for $3 a month. You'll get access to our exclusive patron-only audio podcast called... Bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which we record for you every other week. Uh, there's tons of back episodes to check out there mm -hmm. and even a couple of secret episodes for patrons only of 
full episodes of Which Came First from way back in the day. They are a great delight, a nice little treasure find just for you guys. So please, uh, if you have uh, any interest, go right to our website, click on Become a Patron today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Happy New Year. Thanks, everyone. Our next game up this week is Mantis Falls, designed by Adrian Carahart, published by Distant Rabbit Games in 2021. Number of players, two to three, ages 14 and up, playtime, 60 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box is a sort of dirty, sepia, simple cover Mm -hmm. um, with a single line drawing of a shriveled flower barely clinging to the stem with its title in typewriter font, declaring it to be a game of trust. Inside the box, we discover 216 cards, three wooden people, three wooden roses, six buttons, six cloth bagos, and a playmat. Six bagos. Six bagos. (laughs) And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game left us in the dark, Evan, Mm -hmm. try to bang your flashlight until a little bit of light comes out. (laughs) Shed some light on those rules. Mantis Falls is a, as they describe it, sometimes cooperative game of hidden (laughs) roles, strategy, and deduction, Mm -hmm. two to three players. As witnesses to something not meant to be seen, you must escape the dark mob-ruled town of Mantis Falls alive. You are told another witness will join you, and together you must use cooperation to survive the increasingly dangerous roads at night. Your ability to work with another could be your greatest strength, but... What if your opponent is, or your, the other players are not who they claim to be? Okay, so by the deal of hidden roles, so everyone's going to shoot a role and nobody else knows what you are, each game can have all witnesses, meaning that all the witnesses must survive together to win, mm-hmm. or there could secretly be an assassin hidden among you. Mm. And that assassin's going to subtly manipulate the situation, waiting for the right moment to strike and hoping to kill the witnesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Win conditions be- depend on these roles. So if all witnesses make it to the end of the road alive, they're going to win. If there's an assassin as one of the hidden roles, obviously they want to take out the witnesses before they reach the end of the role, so, road so that the assassin can win. Players move. They play event cards. They find allies. They use tools and weapons to help them survive that long walk in the darkened streets. Mm-hmm. Hand management and face-down card blade card play combined with opportunities for betrayal to create a detailed blend of strategy, player interaction, and suspicion. At every turn, players make concealed moves and develop hidden plans, but they also have conversations to discuss tactics, defend choices, (laughs) and bluff, a lot of bluffing, to protect carefully guarded secrets. Manus Falls is, again, sometimes a game of competition balanced with indecision and sacrifice, And sometimes it's a cooperative game challenged by doubts or distrust. Mm -hmm. And who knows, you may learn something new about your most trusted gaming buddies by playing this game. Well, let's see. We played this live at Evans Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in uh, some spooky lighting, I think. I believe we put on the mood lighting, the proper mood lighting. What did we think of the look of this game? I was scared. 
<laughs> I mean, right. it was very noir look to it, like you know, very, yeah. like I said, sepia tone, kind of like chill. I don't know. Yeah, the color, the the color palette for the actual cards that make up the board per se. You lay them mm-hmm. out, and they're parts of the road are primarily black with just a little bit of light to show mm-hmm. a, a faint image of some mm-hmm. kind. Right, almost like the uh, street lamp that just shines that one spot down on an otherwise entirely yeah. dark dark road. It, yeah, it's creepy. I yeah, like, and it. like how it starts off just a little dark, then it gets a little darker, and then yeah. it gets no dark. That's right, sunset, and then dark, and then the deep of night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we played this. At, it was a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it potentially feel? Potentially, yeah. How did it feel to play? Right, um, Ed, you wanted to talk about uncertainty. Well, I mean, it's cooperative until it isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but you don't know if it isn't going to be cooperative or not, and that—that's the uncertainty. It's like there's always that now uh, because it's a hidden role. There's always that. Well, in a two-player version, a fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> that yeah. the person you're working with is trying to kill you, or the person you need to keep alive. Well, not exactly. Well, which 50, one is it? Fifty, right? Oh, sure. There's three cards in in in, in a in a two player version. There's three cards. One of them's the assassin. Right. I gotcha, and gotcha. It's interesting that this game is only two or three players. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It's an odd choice, I think, for a board game. To yeah, you don't see that many times. Yeah, to yeah. limit it to two three. Do you really feel it was necessary to limit it to three? I mean, why couldn't there I, be three witnesses in an assassin? It so, just doesn't work too much work for the assassin. Yeah, here's my opinion. Right. Yeah, that's kind of part of it, right? It's like to balance. It's already really difficult to balance a hidden trader game to the point where it's even for everybody. And it's very hard to just add another person. You have to add a whole other layer of things in there to, to balance the card a little bit. Plus, I also get the senses. Once, if you are an assassin and you do manage to kill the second person, the second person goes down, it may be just too obvious at that point exactly mm-hmm. the assassin, it, you know, that there's the assassin there and that otherwise fourth player, if they were playing a witness, you know, it, like it, it eliminates that aspect of the game, perhaps, if if, mm-hmm. the, if at four. I'm sure they tested it lots of different ways and probably using a four player option and realized it was probably just better to eliminate a fourth player. Yeah, in order to do a third player, you actually have to include a whole other module called the triad. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of like, oh, it's a two player game, and then they added in a card to be able to play it with a third player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird because you're playing against either with or against your opponent, but you're definitely playing against the game. The game is out to destroy you uh-huh, in, it's, sure. in itself. Yeah. So you're not only trying to survive the game, you also have to sleep with one eye open, as they say, right? And <laughs> yeah. look and, and watch what your partner is doing to make sure that they're not also trying yeah. to stop you. Right. You kind of also want your each other to be a little bit hurt because if you're the assassin, you want to kill the other person. But if you're the, the, witness. the witness, you still want the assassin to die. To be so weak. you're not fully protecting yeah. each other right. the whole time. You know, you're like, eh, skirting the edge on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if everyone survives, including the assassin, doesn't the witness win? Yes, the witness so you, will win. It's okay if the assassin lives. But if he does make an attack on you, I guess yeah. it's valuable if he's weaker because it's yeah. easier mm-hmm. to get rid of him. Exactly right. 
So so yeah, it's I mean, easier to stop him. And even if you're <laughs> going to play, let's say everybody's witnesses, there is no assassin. You don't mm-hmm. know it. The game progressively gets harder as you go through each yes, darker it gets layer. Of the a lot harder because because there are street lights on every card of the street, and the numbers go up. And as those numbers go up, you'll 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 reveal a um a card, an event card that basically says, "All right, take the uh, take take this much damage depending on what the red light number is on the street." Well, on the last part of that street, I bet you it's mm-hmm. all fours, which is like half of your total health. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're taking shots along the back end of that street yeah. in those yeah. last few steps. Very hard, very challenging to survive that. You have to have a bunch of good tools and mm-hmm. and health and and other yeah, yeah. repairing and ways your wounds. for people to work together. Yeah. And, right. You and, might start off thinking it's easy too. You know what I mean? You underestimate the game when you're like, oh, that's it. We can take a couple hits. But the, like like Evan said, the hits are progressively worse. So you know if you're careless early on, especially yeah. the first time you ever played, you're like, oh, no big deal. We have the life to spend. Spend. Mm-hmm. You know, then you'll discover at the end of the game that you were not conservative enough in the beginning. Yeah, that grass you got earlier in the turn, now all of a sudden, uh, it's to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys like the um, interaction, the actual cooperative part, the chat, the table talk, et cetera? Uh, plenty of it, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. there, you have to talk about um, and there's and there's stuff you can't talk about too. You're actually you're not supposed to share some of the information on the card, or you're allowed to lie about it. Mm-hmm. There's some mm-hmm. old cards you're some you're um it's revealed yeah. where everybody knows it, and and you have to figure out like, hey, do you have X Y Z? Because now if you have X Y Z, then I can play this other card that that'll work together. Like, hey, if you got guns, I got bullets, and we can make that together. <laughs> and actually, no. Uh, yeah, be a threat and actually be able to progress. Or, um, you know, there might be a hidden thing. It's like um, you can there's just a the hidden part could say um, if you don't have X Y Z, you take a wound. You can obscure the reasons why people are taking damage. Right. Yes, that's true. You can sort of yes, that, it's an interesting aspect that you can hide portions of the rules from Mm -hmm. the or hide Mm -hmm. portions of what's happening that is kind of that is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. i did find the chit chat a little dull Mm -hmm. you know there's no there's no it didn't feel to me like the characters were very Mm -hmm. in depth um so i didn't have much to sort of role play or be thinking about while i was doing (laughs) this and and to me it did seem like it was a lot of like logistical chat you know, it's like, oh, well, if we do this, we'll have two points here and four points here. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really feel on theme to me. Mm-hmm. So that that I thought was a kind of a drawback. Yeah, I think we tried to play characters in a sense, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. silly accents and, you know, dispositions. Yeah. But you're right. I think it gave way to mm-hmm. concentrating more on just, you know, how the heck we're going to survive the next card that turns over mm-hmm. it would have been kind of cool to have like a little bit of a dead of winter aspect to it where when you draw a card from the deck it has two choices that are explained to why you're making the choices and what the results of them mm-hmm. are you know that that might have helped with some kind of a role play or a picture of your character mm-hmm. <laughs> even would have been kind of interesting well the game's complex enough you know even yeah. without the role playing aspects so you know while it would have been you know certainly a nice extra layer sort of to enjoy mm-hmm. Um, there was still a lot going on in the game and maybe as first time players, we were maybe concentrating a little bit more on, 
you know, all the different types of cards that there are. There are ally cards, there's the street cards, there's the character cards, there's the event cards, there's the action cards, then there's the pile of cards, that you, the community cards that you mm, can draw from. So yeah. there's... It, it's it, there's a lot to focus on here. This isn't this is not an intro game for for folks. This is definitely mid to to higher level. Yeah, uh, I agree. Of, of I agree. It was a little bit tricky getting into it as well. Mm-hmm. I think back to the cooperative game we played called um, Mountains of Madness. Yes, and I just recall the the dynamism of that game. Mm-hmm. It just didn't it didn't feel like it was there for this one. It was definitely yeah. absent. There well, was there's not that, like a timer on this game. <laughs> there's not like a timer, but I just felt more on an adventure mm-hmm. on that yeah. one. This is yeah. literally they chose the <laughs> they mm-hmm. chose the setting of a street. It's not that interesting, you know. You're not getting on a plane or saving an island, you know, like Forbidden <laughs> Island or something. You're not doing anything that's like hugely. You're just sort of walking along, hoping you don't get shot, you know. And that. I mean, I mean, get out of a mob middle town. Yeah, yeah, I guess adventure is a little more exciting than suspense. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, they're, they're definitely one for suspense more. Like yeah. When, um, you're just struggling, surviving, sneak out of town alive (laughs) (laughs) okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury mantis falls ed it's a hidden trader game with two players which is kind of impressive um if you don't like having to lie (laughs) it might not be your kind of game but i um I like how the art and the theme play to the game, so I'm going to dig it up. Mike? It's a tough task to make a hidden trader game where it doesn't just lean heavily in favor of one player or another, and I thought they did a good job balancing it. Um, It pulls it off. The art had kind of the right tone for what they were going for, I think, and the play kept me kind of on my toes with the bluffing and the lying and stuff, so that was interesting. I'd dig it up for sure. Evan? I don't, yeah, so Mantis Falls. I don't know that I've played a sometimes cooperative game before, so I I, I like that part of it. I, that's different for me, so I, I really enjoyed it. And it's challenging, you know, trying to figure out who's who and trying to stay alive against the game itself. You know, these streets tear you to pieces by the end of it. <laughs> so I thought there was a good amount of suspense and strategy, and I'll dig it up. Well, I don't think this game will disappoint noir fans, certainly. And it does have style for days, but the theme just didn't grab me and the cooperative elements felt a little dull. So I'm going to have to bury it for me. Uh, what is your favorite hidden role game? We want to know it. which game first. Come and see us on any social media or Discord. See you there. Our last game up this week is Jaipur, designed by Sebastian Poshan, published by GameWorks and Space Cowboys in 2009. Number of players, two, ages 12 and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mikey, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows a buzzing bazaar with a large and charismatic merchant proudly displaying his dazzling wares and his magnificent beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Inside, we find 55 goods cards, including diamonds, gold, silver, cloth, spice, leather, and camels. And 60 tokens, including a camel, seals of excellence, diamonds, gold, silver, cloth, spice, leather, and several bonus tiles. 
And that's what's in the box. Seals of excellence. Seals of excellence. <laughs> well, before we tell you if this game should be kept or traded away, Evan, deal us some rules. Jaipur, it's a fast-paced card game, a blend of tactics, risk, and luck. Loving the luck. Players <laughs> are one of the two most powerful traders in the city of Jaipur, the capital of Rajasthan. On your turn, you can either take or sell cards. If you take cards, you have to choose between taking all the camels, taking one card from the market, or swapping two to five cards between the market and your cards. If you sell cards, you get to sell only one type of good, and you receive as many chips for that good as the number of cards you sold. The chip value decreases as the game progresses, so you better hurry. Well, on the other hand, you receive increasingly high rewards for selling three or four or five cards of the same good at a time, so you better wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Can you do both? <laughs> you can't sell your camels. Sorry. But they're paramount for trading, and they're also worth a little something at the end of the round. Enough sometimes to secure that win. So you have to use them smartly smart camels to win become the merchant with two seals of excellence and you shall earn the privilege of being invited to the maharaja's court <laughs> seals of excellence it sounds seals so exciting seals of excellence <laughs> dun, da, da, da. it's definitely something to shoot for <laughs> who doesn't want the seals of excellence I mean, that's the macguffin in everything that is the macguffin <laughs> well, Ed and Mikey, you played this on Board Game Arena, Oof, which did. means our fans can see this on YouTube anytime oh, if you're yeah. interested in checking it out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's there right now. Tell me, how did it go? What did it look like? Mm -hmm. I mean, for one thing, uh, oh, what did it look like? Let's start yeah. there. I mean, the the art was colorful and it was very simple as far as like, you know, your goods were... It wasn't a busy looking card or a busy looking chips. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of the object with no yep. words or anything like that on it or a camel, you know, in it with a bag. Pictures of stuff that you can buy. Yeah, camel. Camel. Camel the Appealing looking stuff. <laughs> that was it, you know? Yeah. Which, and that's kind of how I would picture a bazaar, you know? If yeah. I'm walking through a bazaar, I'm looking around like, ooh, there's a pile of shiny looking cool stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So silk. I thought well, thematically. Was silk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the look was good. Okay. Well, uh, what did you think of uh, set collection, Ed? I mean, it, it, it's a cool game where you're trying to race your opponent for a certain set. And there's a market. You can now, I find it interesting. You can change your hand essentially for what's in the market. If what's mm -hmm. out there is better for you, you mm -hmm. just grab one card and make your hand a little bigger. It doesn't matter. Oh, sometimes you know what? I need all those camels. All. They're all mine. <laughs> yeah, when there's a pile of cards that you can get at once, it's very tempting. Even though the camels themselves don't have any value, later on you can get like a whole bunch of stuff at once by using those camels up where complete mm -hmm. sets a little easier without losing cool stuff in your hand. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. getting getting a stack of camels isn't the worst thing in the world. Right. They don't Who act knew? as you need camels they to move goods around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would Makes hope sense. camels weren't bad in the game. That would stink. Yeah. Right. They're not yeah. backseat drivers. Yeah, they just don't have intrinsic value. But yeah, yeah you they're make, not you points can make them in value. and of themselves. They just mm -hmm. help you get the points. But they don't mm -hmm. clog your hand either. They don't prevent No, they them. actually they're, they're sit outside really of anything. your hand when you right. take them. Oh, okay. They're your herd. That's nice. So you don't waste hand space with them. And um, am I right? You have two herds? We each have a herd. Camels? A one herd. Okay. Yeah. 
yep. of camels. And you guys are trying to outsell each other? Essentially, we're pine- mm. you're competing for those seals. Eventually. Yeah. So when, once you get the point, you mm. win a round, and then you play another round. And if you win, um, whoever was the first to win two rounds win the game itself. Right. So it's intended to be fast enough where you're supposed to play at least twice, maybe three times in order to figure mm. out who won. I see. Best yeah. of three. Yeah, yeah, the seal, the seal. So Evan kind of alluded to something in the beginning when he was talking about, you know, oh, you want to do this? Wait, you want to do that? There is that push mm-hmm. and that pull of the different things you want to do. Like you want to have big sets, but being first to market on something makes your thing that you get more valuable. Uh-huh. Right. So what's the strategy here? Do you want to get all the top like things by just putting one thing up and grabbing them all? Or do you want to wait and get three gold and get all three and get a little seal for it too? It's tough. And if, if, <laughs> if somebody comes in like Ed usually does in every game, but especially in this game, and has a couple of the card you're trying to get already in hand, mm-hmm. he cashes his two win when you have three in your hand, but your three are worth the lesser oh, three values. So you end up have giving late. him more points anyway because you're late. So, and there's you know. a little bit of secret information. What you start off in your hand, mm-hmm. your, your opponent doesn't know. So, right. But uh, if you draw the rest, everything else comes from the market, so they can kind of see mm-hmm. what you're gathering, mm-hmm. except yep. for what you started with. So sometimes I'm like, like, no, no, mm-hmm. keep what I started with close to the chest mm-hmm. of the world. Crazy mm-hmm. eights, yeah. And yeah. and unlike me, you you can't count. I mean, you cannot expect Ed to accidentally give something up. No. So if, <laughs> if no. it's in Ed's hand, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You're it's done. Gold. Yeah. You're done. You're not getting yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, you need a you need a special action card. Force that player to give up two random cards. Oh, oh, man. They could throw monkey happens. wrenches into this deck. Ah, into that this didn't game. happen here though. There's an interesting thing too that that's going on in this game, just like thematically. It's like you're thinking, okay, you're in a market. You have money and more valuable goods cost more, but everything is essentially the same cost. There's no monetary mm. value for anything. It's just worth more. But right. you're trading, like you could trade your spices for gold in the market, straight up one to one. You yeah, know, it, so that, it, that's interesting. It's neat how everything mm. is exchangeable, but mm-hmm. it does have a worth. Once somebody's <laughs> already been selling stuff and it's not as worth as much as right, before. Exactly. Like, it has that stock market feel. Yeah, this is the finest bolt of silk. Here you go. <laughs> you know, five victory <laughs> points. Yeah. yeah Mike the... comes along. Hey, I also have a fine bolt of silk. Yeah, oh. I'm only going to give you three victory points for that one. We already got oh. silk. I mean, it's boring now. That's, yeah. that's yesterday's that silk. That was so you know? last yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, is one, um, there is one kind of a value change between the bottom three uh, valued objects and mm-hmm. the top three is that when you trade in for a one of the top tier ones, mm-hmm. you can only do it two or more at a time. So you have to have two boxes of gold or two set two diamonds to trade for your two whatever you so right. so yeah to trade for your seal so that that does put a little bit of a the brakes on it mm-hmm. you know but <laughs> <laughs> still if you start with a handful of three treasure chests in it you know you're going to be in really good shape to start mm-hmm. the game off with yeah i really do like that the cards don't have any values on them mm-hmm. i like that, that too is very and, and cool you wouldn't think of that when you're thinking about a market game you know mm-hmm. it's, no. it's, right mm-hmm. it's almost counterintuitive but it actually really works and it feels more like trading in this game because of that so i like that yeah this game is uh 12 13 years old already yeah. so yeah i think it's a pretty clever design for 2009 
Yeah. So how about those seals of excellence, guys? Who got them? <laughs> seals of excellence. Oh, Ed was swiping them out from underneath me oh, constantly. Shocker. I think you won, right, Ed, when we played? You, I think I you won a while. So. I had one good round, and then after that, it was just like slap down central. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he started with good hands, too. Like, that's another, that's one thing I'd say is a kind of a downside of this game, mm-hmm. is your starting hand can really make a big difference oh. in who wins. So Yeah. 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 And I mean, with two players, that's mm-hmm. it. Somebody's, yeah, exactly. somebody's significantly roll. less. There's like no catching up. Well, no, I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why that they, it's a fast game. You tend mm-hmm. to play multiple mm-hmm. rounds. So, Best of three, you know, yeah. even if you do get lucky in that one draw, you know, the next game, maybe you know, now it's my turn to be lucky. Yeah. Exactly. Is 30 minutes it. accurate or is, does it play faster? It could play really fast. Yeah. It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty quick for us, I think. Yeah. Especially okay. since uh, Board Game Arena doing all the shuffling and everything for yes. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah, didn't, uh, Board Game Arena didn't take anything away from this game, did they? Like, did something happen too fast for you to know what's going on? Sometimes mm-hmm. BGA does that? Not in this case, I don't think, because there's not that much going on. Right. <laughs> it's it, your it exchanging goods and then that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You didn't miss where the points were going, necessarily. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Jaipur. Ed? Push your luck and corner the markets. It's fast, <laughs> easy to play. Dig it up, and I'll line you up for the best market action. <laughs> Mike? Mike? This is one of those games that's great for a mixed crowd of people looking for something that's easy to learn, not too complex, and if you've never even played it before versus somebody who's played it a hundred times, you're kind of still on even ground. And I like that about this, so I'll dig it up. Well, what is the most interesting trading game you've played? We want to know. Come and see us at Which Game First on all social media and Discord. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you about all the game exploring you're doing. Please come and see us. We'd love to talk to you. We're on Discord almost every day. And check out our social media, Instagram. We've got Uh, pictures and videos check out our pack stuff that's been put up recently we'd love to hear from you give us a comment a like a rating or a review anywhere where you see this show we would deeply appreciate it guys it really helps us that would be a great new year slash holiday present for us (laughs) yes happy gaming explorers when mantis falls mantis gets back up (laughs) this would be an excellent trade for you trust me (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I got a deal for you. <laughs> That's what that guy sounds like, in my opinion. 